Hey guys, welcome back to NASCAR series. Sorry I didn't record yesterday. Postponed another episode. But today, we're going to maybe try and stop the doubleheaders and get back to our regular um, single episodes. Having to use a backup up here. But let's get, we got to get right into our news no matter what. Oh my goodness. Levine Family Racing is up for sale? What do you think? Obey, a GGM racer issued L2 penalty for violation of testing policy, I think. Alex Weaver here with breaking news. NASCAR issued L2 level penalties Tuesday to Xfinity Series driver Alex LeBay and team owner Mario Gosling for a violation of NASCAR's testing policy. Gosling, who fields multiple Xfinity Series cars under the DGM racing banner, was fined $50,000 and docked 75 points in team owner standing. LeBay was also hit with a 75-point penalty, dropping him from a tie for 16th place to 21st in the driver's standings. Social media posts pictured LeBay driving during track time for the Sports Car Club of America's GT1 class last weekend at the Daytona International Speedway road course. The Xfinity Series is set to debut on the layout August 15th without practice or qualifying scheduled beforehand. DGM Racing indicated in a statement later Tuesday that it intends to appeal the ruling. For more information, log on to NASCAR.com. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that is not a good penalty right there. But Levine Field Racing butt up for sale. That is kind of weird. Honey, it will seize operations at the end of 2020. I don't know who's going to buy it. Is Christopher Bell even going to still be the driver? I know Michigan. Doubleheader. Here's another penalty report. Johnny Klossmeyer, SHR number 14 crew chief, suspended for New Hampshire Motor Speedway and lug nut violation? Oh, man. These three other crew chiefs were assessed $10,000 fines after their cars were found with one lug nut. Not safely secured in a post-race check. Oh, even um, crew chief for the winner, Brad Kozlowski, Randall Burnett, and Jeremy Bull, and James Small, and L level one grade penalties for two teams for, for improperly mounted ballast, a violation found in pre-race inspection at New Hampshire. Corla Joy and Bubba Wallace. Okay, so let's continue. How about Levine Family Racing sold? We'll finish out 2020 season. I mean, somebody's gonna buy it. Name it different. Geico's been helping people save money for over 75 years. They've really stood the test of time, much like these majestic Rocky Mountains, which must be named after the. That would be Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Mr. Gecko, sir. Geico. I'm 
Jonathan Merriman with breaking news out of the NASCAR Cup Series garage. In a statement today, owner of Levine Family Racing, Bob Levine, announced the sale of their team, assets, and charter. LFR has competed in the NASCAR Cup Series since 2011 and is committed to finishing the 2020 season with Sunoco Rookie of the Year candidate Christopher Bell. As more details emerge on this story, make sure you stay logged on to NASCAR.com. Well, yeah. They were talking about selling them, and now it's official. Show on right now. Now about a little bit of power rankings. Chase Elliott rises. The next break in driver assist technology. All new Mac Command Strip. The difference is in the drive. My voice sounds kind of bad. Power rankings. Race 21 and 22 at Michigan. Number 10, Kirk Bush. Number 9, Kyle Bush. Number 8, Eric Amarola. Number seven, Ryan Blaney. Number six, Chase Elliott. Oh, only five. And also, I have canceled the six wide drivers from Nationals. I was going to do it on scratch, but then too much code. But I am still doing something. And you know what it is? The top, my top 50 favorite NASCAR diecasts ever. So, anyway... Back to the video. Chase Elliott is at number six. Number five, Joey Logano. Number four, Martin Truex Jr. Number three, Brad Keselowski. Number two, Kevin Hart. Number one, Danny Hamlin. Here's the rest. 11 from DeVito, and then Boyer, Reddick, Bowman, Byron, Jones, Johnson, Custer, Dylan, and Bubble Austin Dillon, and Bubble Wallace. Power rankings for the Powered by Mac. Oh, yeah. Oh, new Kurchi for the 42. Phil Surgeon and U.S. Nate and Jisa Wood to make an Xfinity Series debut at Road America. And now Spyro Motorsports getting a new number. And it's car number vegan paint scheme courtesy of, of Netflix's The Crew. And the car number is 74. I'm gonna have to reload the app for a second. Nice to see the team get a new number. Let's check this out. This by staff report just yesterday. Spire Motorsports is introducing a new number and meet with primary sponsor out of, of this weekend's NASCAR Cup Series doubleheader at Michigan. 
International Speedway as part of the new Netflix comedy series from Kevin James to crew. The multi-camera sitcom slated to premiere on Netflix in 2021 stars Kevin James as a crew chief for the fictional Bobby Spencer racing team. When the owner steps down and passes the team off to his daughter, James finds his op- off at odds with the tech realignment. Millennials, she starts bringing in to the mo- modernized team. Freddy Storma pay- portrays Jake Martin. Charismatic driver in the team's number 74, fake take, stake sponsored car. Interesting to see a new number is 74. How about a Geico restart zone? Lanes and Loudon. Yeah, I think mostly, kind of like Indianapolis. Geico's been helping people save money for over 75 years. Plus, um, They've really stood the test of time, much like these majestic mm-hmm. Rocky Mountains, which must be named after the... That would be Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Mr. Gecko, sir. Geico. And um, on the right lane... Kind of like Indianapolis. Hey everybody, feels, welcome yeah. to the New Hampshire version of the Geico Restart Zone. So many unknowns going into this race. Drivers were nervous. Think about last year's race. So many wrecks and practice or early in the race also. Just nobody understanding the grip level that this traction compound had. You see right here at the start, Amarola jumped right out. Got a big run. Uh, everything looked really good, but further in the pack, we see three wide. This is lap one. We don't always see three wide on lap one. They get narrowed down to two wide. You can see right here, uh, everybody's really not knowing where to go. Clint Boyer way out of the groove. Fortunately for him, he was able to get back in the groove. Didn't lose too many spots. But this racetrack is difficult in the best conditions. With no practice, no understanding whatsoever of what this racetrack is and the grip level, there were a lot of nerves. Your day could be ended Right here at the start of the race, all the drivers, in my opinion, did a great job managing this with, with, with very little information. And, and that's so difficult and some tracks more than others. So let's move into the race a little bit for a lap 183. Keselowski with the lead. We're coming to a stage end. They need points, right? This matters. Denny Hamlin with an incredible restart. Look at the bottom, how he made that work. Keselowski up the racetrack just a little bit too much. Now, Keselowski... He's got to go get this back. He's going to give up a playoff point right here. He, they worked so hard to get it, and he's going to give it up on a restart. When he controls the lead, that's something you just can't do as a driver. So Brad digs deep. He's got to find a way. He did a nice job of recovering three and four. But how am I going to get this done? If I'm a driver, how do I pass somebody in New Hampshire where it's so hard to pass? Just continue to put that pressure on right there. That's where Brad's car was so strong all day. That car would turn, rotate. He would get it pointed. That was so important for him on restarts as well as on long runs. And right here, he carries that momentum in and just drives up and just kind of takes the lane away from Denny Hamlin. Denny with a strong run on the exit here, but just not enough. Brad Keselowski with a great job. We saw some great short track racing from Loud New Hampshire this past weekend, but now we go to Michigan. We got a doubleheader, and this starts an incredible and unprecedented and historic run to end the regular season. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, yeah. It is going to be a pretty good run. Sorry, I need to reload it for another time. And also, there is two episodes.
Oh, in it because I missed yesterday. And I saw. Oh, I'm doing another double header. And I'm going to try and stop these soon. DMS Racing has Chris Wright, Rosser Fernander Trucks, Arca debuts. Huh. Interesting new driver. See, anyway, we will take a look at more of this stuff I've got as we come to the second episode. Out of the double header. See you just after the intro. Oh, again! Welcome back to the NASCAR series. Off the intro, this is the second episode of the double header. So, as we looked at uh, a lot of stuff through the first out of two episodes today. Yeah, but first we're going to look at, at at the last lap or two. Brad Kozlowski holding off, off, off Denny Amlin for the win. Another good fight right there. this great battle uh, the stage 2 shootout at the end Kozlowski edging out the camel at the end Last lap battle, 
I knew they'd be talking about all that, because... And also, we talked about this a few episodes ago. Oh, Kyle Bush on bad luck. It's still 2020. And if... Is he going to even win a race this year? He will. At least one. Sorry, it's just taking me bad. No, no, no. A pick-me-up that won't let you down. Energy one. Casey Love. Coca-Cola Energy. years with the 18. How about an XP fast recap? The good, the bad. Yeah. Wi Fi speeds is so good. NASCAR Cup Series Racing from New Hampshire, the Foxwoods Resort Casino 301. New Hampshire Motor Speedway underway here at Galvarola. Denny Hamlin on the front row. Huge damage to the right side of that car. Here he is on the inside of the 14, and around he goes. Caution has come out. The 95 goes around. And so Christopher Bell, who had run so well, brings out the caution. 42 goes around. Kenseth's going to bring out the caution. Kenseth into the wall. It looks like the right front tire's down. It looks like the right rear tire was also down. Super tight on the front tire that blue tire. Oh, a 42 back at the wall again. Flat left front tire on the 38. And this will be career win number 33 for Brad Keselowski. He's going to win at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Thank you. Well, yeah, I was just dancing to the music. Cole O'Pern breaks down New Hampshire. Sorry, I haven't been really talking. I've just been using videos, but it's okay. Don't be conventional. Kevin Harvick?
the flip side of things, we know that racing has the highs and the lows. Kyle Busch, what is happening in 2020? Because his bad luck continues every single weekend. Oh, and it rains and pours. But, uh, you know, they had the pedigree car yesterday, which is always seems to be bad for them for whatever reason. Every time they run that paint scheme, they wreck. So something about dog food and them just doesn't mix. But, yeah, I mean, they I feel for them. It just sucks when you get on those stretches. But, you know, they got some good tracks coming up for them. And uh, it's just hard with this deal. You can be so easy to make a mistake with no practice and, and that side of things. Or I don't know exactly what what caused the tire failure yesterday, but uh, yeah, I mean, man, those guys, are, uh, they're bleeding, that's for sure. Yeah, well, a team that was bleeding on Sunday at New Hampshire as well, which I'm surprised that I'm saying this, he brought out three cautions, was Matt Kenseth. You don't typically see uh, a veteran driver bring out that many cautions in a race, but I know he was ready, he was just ready to go home. Yeah, I think Matt's old school short track racer, so he'd be all about the, the three spin rule and then you're out. So, uh, I don't know, tough day for tough day for him. I bet he's questioning what the heck he got himself into, but uh, I don't know. They're, uh, hopefully they turn around. They've had some bright spots, but yesterday was definitely not one of them. We saw something different, however, at New Hampshire with the PJ1 and how it was applied. So I want to know if that got the Cole Pern seal of approval. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was great. I mean, everyone was a little bit squirrely at the beginning of the race. You know, normally you see that at the beginning of practice, that PJ1 needs to be heat activated. So when it's cold and it's been sitting, it's it's like ice. So I think once they got some laps under it, it, it came around. And then I just love how the groove moved around, you know, the main kind of outside groove got uh you know worn out a bit and then everyone was wrapping the line searching for the, the fresh pj1 on the bottom which i thought was cool to see you know we haven't seen that uh at new hampshire so and then even at the end of the race the middle line like which used to be the old main line was was running well because it's like both grooves had kind of worn out and the four was making really good time you know running the middle so i think that's sweet when you got a groove that you know causes guys to move around and gives options and you know, I know we had a long green flag run to the end, but up until that point, there was great side-by-side racing, uh, you know, better than I think we've seen in years past in New Hampshire. Well, Cole, you mentioned that long green flag run, especially at the end, and we saw even the bubble trouble already starting, and it was the battle between the Hendrick Motorsports camp and them battling each other to get points for the end of the race. Yeah, I think it's a great storyline to follow. Uh, you know, I, it's uh, you know we're so used to seeing HMS uh, compete between teammates for championships, and here they are competing to to see just to make the playoffs. So uh, the intensity never goes away, and that's a great thing about racing. But you know, last week we talked about the, the 21 and the 48. When were they going to stop the bleeding? Well, they both had good runs yesterday, so you know that was uh, that was good for both of them. Even the 48 recovering from a spin to to get a good finish. So. You know, I think uh, we got some wild cards coming up here uh, with, uh, you know, the double headers and, and the two Daytonas. So who knows what's going to happen? I still think there's a lot of racing left and it's tight. So I think uh, we're going to be uh, watching every week to see what goes on. Well, we're going to the fast track of Michigan for a double header uh, this upcoming weekend. It's going to be interesting. Make sure you tune into NBC SN on Saturday and Sunday for the NASCAR Cup Series. Cole, thank you for breaking down New Hampshire. Thanks, Alex. Well, yeah, it is going to be a doubleheader at one of the fastest tracks on the circuit, I say. At Michigan. Okay. And how about a NASCAR custom? Renaming all the current, renaming the Daytona road course turns.
Number one, the southernmost funnel. Number two, the unpucker, a.k.a. terminal 11, one and a half. Three, the only horseshoe Jimmy Johnson has seen in 2020. Four, the whale trail. Five, Lil Martinsville. Six, the point where your brakes relapse as they've already been used in one-fourth a lot than they have in all previous 20 races at Daytona and start to get real mad. Seven, turn seven, turn one, turn eight, the point of self-refraction. Turn nine and ten, the commemorative swerve of jet driver avoidance. Eleven, the front stretch. Twelve, moo ha ha jj a jung hit u t t e e two no in wit hit you you for him m ha t e by t g your o b he e bio well I hug at a google a tv is always now I will yeah to my room we'll see you home. Uh huh. look, looting guy. Hi, I why you it? I try, I you try. I Google turn. Yeah, it's source the naming of this one. Thank you, boy. <laughs> that was so funny. One of the funniest moments, maybe, of the whole whole podcast since it started. Anyway, we are at the end of the second and final episode of the Doubleheader. See you tomorrow for another great episode.